Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly DLC. I'm one of your hosts, Karosh, and always by my co-host, Daniel Vargas. Tummy Tums. And Dane Jang. Wish, 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 wish. And if you're not familiar with what we do, we come to each and every week, podcasting service of your choice. We talk about nerdy stuff, usually comics, games, movies, everything, pop culture, gossip sometimes even, um, and everything in between. Uh, we post on, on Mondays, um, and if you if this is your first time listening to us, um, we're on all different kinds of podcasting services. If you ever have any thoughts on a topic or anything, we'd love to hear from you. So just reach out. Uh, we'll, we'll give you guys, like, if you just search the weekly DLC on any platform, you'll find us. Um, if you're not, this, this isn't your first episode. This is episode 172. So we're, we're coming pretty close to being hey, a kind of podcast. to 200. Whoosh, whoosh. Triple digits, bro. Do you, okay, wild, wild bet for Wild Vargas. <laughs> do, you, do you guys think that we'll be out of quarantine by episode two hundred? Yes. We're one seventy. You said. Yes. Or what was it? Yes. 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 That's more than half a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said we're gonna go back to normal at the end of next month or this month. Dude, they're they're gonna reopen everything in July fourth. What I tell you, dude? California. What I tell you, bro? I saw this thing today. Uh, one of my coworkers sent it to me, where it's like list of outdoor activities that are deemed acceptable, <laughs> and it was it was the weirdest shit. It's like enjoying a sunrise or sunset, crabbing. Um, I mean, like, it's because it's because no one crabs together, dude. So they know, like, <laughs> if you're crabbing, you're on your own. Dude. So I don't know. Have you seen a, Have you seen Crab Rave? <laughs> Plenty of crap. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Weird YouTube video with the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a bunch of weird shit. I was like, "Who does this in the first place?" I do. Yeah. How, how, when you when you yeah, don't okay, sleep, so, when, so when you're not sleeping, you're making sure you catch the sunrise and sunset. You, you know what's crazy? <laughs> you know what's crazy is Animal Crossing uh, will have crabbing. I mean, it was like leaked. But it was in the last game. So, really? Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna die for like uh, sea animals. Oh yeah, the, the steep sea thing. Yeah, yeah I remember I that. Think... seeing a data mine for that. That was funny. Damn, I think this list was based off of Animal Crossing, dude. Because <laughs> you can enjoy both the sunset and sunrise. Is Animal Crossing based on life or is life? Based hey, on... Sanji the parrot. <laughs> what came first, the the game or the life? <laughs> the chicken or the egg? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. So, outside of quarantine, what have you guys been up to? Um, I got Terraria. Mmm. Okay. And it's hard. I, I get you wrecked. Know. Yeah, it's dude. fucking hard. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know how to explain. I mean, obviously, like the the concept is very similar to like Minecraft. Two D two D Minecraft. Yeah, it's like a two D Minecraft. So it's like it's like side scroller essentially. Uh, you like li- up, down, left, right, um, and uh, you. So <laughs> you like you can mine or, or you can chop down trees. You can mine the ground. Uh, you can build kind of like your your a house. So you can you can spawn essentially in. Uh, but it's like it's weird in a sense of like it doesn't tell you anything. But I, I guess Minecraft does the same thing. It doesn't tell you anything. You just like you spawn out and you have to. You have to already know, you know, to chop wood, to get, you know, to make wood, to, to make like a house or something like that. 
Um, so it, it's it's. But then there's so much. There's so much to do. Like it it gets. It's such a long time frame of a game. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain because it, it it does the same thing. It like seeds. Uh, like a, a, a whenever you create a, a, a stage or a world, it seeds it so you can copy that the exact same uh, creation of the world if you wanted to make a new one. If you wanted to start all over again. Huh. It gives you that special seed code, essentially. What drew you to this? Like, how, uh, streamers. Streamers. <laughs> Normally, it's, whenever it's I buy come a back, game, it's streamers. Yeah. It's really popping right now. So I've been I've been watching uh, a lot of people play it, and like uh, specifically the what the guy who got me into it for some reason because I, I really watch him, but it was Chance or uh, oh, Soda uh, Poppin. <clears throat> he, uh, <laughs> I guess he he plays World of Warcraft away from stream he plays it on his own time yeah i remember you mentioning this when we a were shit talking about time. Like, no well i guess i i don't know he he says like he does it because he thinks it'd be toxic but i think he just like enjoys the game and doesn't want to have to deal with chat while he's playing this game that he likes oh. um but he tries to like maybe hide it by saying like no it's like, i'm just very toxic blah 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 but um he so then he's he's been streaming like ter- ter- terraria like with his mm-hmm. buddies like non-stop dude i will go to sleep at like midnight and he's playing it i wake up and he's still on playing it um <laughs> he's been playing an insane amount of time on it and he's they've done so much it's so insane everything they've done and like they they open their map and they zoom out and like they haven't even like really touched the like what the world has to offer the one that they created essentially they yeah. created like you can create like a small medium and large world and they created a large one okay but it was so much, and I was like, dude, it's nine bucks for this, dude. So I bought one for myself, and I bought a copy for my sister so we could play together. Oh, cool. How's she liking it? <clears throat> she's digging it, but she's, um, she, like, she'd rather obviously play with, like, kids her age or, like, her friends or whatever. So, <laughs> damn. Like she'll hop on, the, like, Minecraft. <laughs> or, I got her, uh, I got her GTA 5 before it was free. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was playing with friends, so. Uh, but yeah, she'll, she'll play from time to time. I think all of her buddy, all of her friends don't have it. So okay. eventually they might pick it up or something that she can play with them, but I don't know. I just I just wanted to play it, and I think she, I thought she would enjoy it too, which is why I got it for her. Ten bucks is okay. not that bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Other than that, it's been World of Warcraft, a lot yeah. of World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so I don't know what it is. I think if I I'm level fifty six out of level sixty, that's the max level. Okay. Um, I could I could easily level and get sixty this week. Um, the only thing is, like, I wouldn't be what's called raid ready. Um, I can actually start that now. So instead of focusing on leveling, I think I'm just going to focus on getting raid ready now. I can get gear that's level for me right now that'll work for my for raiding, essentially. Are you part of, like, any groups or guilds or clans or anything? Uh, so I have one guild, but, um... I mean, I, I'm gonna leave them eventually. It's called the. the funny enough, uh, it's called the Horde, um, and I think it's just it's a it's a, a group of people that are just re- massively inviting people. So it's always like, if you cre- create a brand new character on the server, you're more than likely getting invited by this guild. Okay. And so there's so many people in here that it's a great way to like kind of concentrate on um, finding other people around your level to help you out to help you level, party up, and do dungeons and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm doing it with them, but their their raid times are horrible. I think I talked about that already. Um, so I can't I can't stay with them end game because I can't match the raid times that they want to do. Okay. 
but yeah um so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna focus on doing like the the last three or four dungeons that the game has to offer before you reach 60 and all those will drop gear that i can use because essentially what you need is so i max it at level 60 your characters do and then when you do raid bosses they're level 63 so that 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 level difference i lose accuracy when i'm fighting a character that's higher than me so what you try to do is you try to uh, call you, you you do what's called maxing on hit caps so essentially you try to get as much hit to the point where you never miss anymore and you don't want to go over that because that's just wasted uh stats you don't need more hit than what you need and then from there you start concentrating on other things like i get more agility or i get more critical strike or something like that um, so what I'm trying to do now is is cap on hit so that I don't I don't miss and lose DPS that way. Interesting. And this is with which character? Uh, the hunter. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So did you, did your friend ever? Uh, you cut out. What was that? Did your friend ever catch up? The one that you were like they started playing. So you yeah, know? he's catching up real quick, dude. He's uh he's probably level forty five now. I don't know if I can see it. Um, same server as this one, or yeah, yeah, same server. Yeah, I've, I've been helping him because I have other characters on the server. And yeah, I, I remember I, you I, said you, you had like the other one you started with him, but now he's past it because he just kept like. Popping. So yeah, I started a shaman with him just to help him there, and then uh, he surpassed me. I came back; he was like level twenty-seven. So then I hopped on my level thirty uh, priest, and I helped him level. And then he surpassed that, <laughs> and he got to level 40, and I have a 40 uh, mage, so then I helped him with that, and he's about to surpass that guy now. Yeah, he's already pretty much done it. He's like 45, and I'm like 41, and so if, if I do quests that are his level, they're pretty much red for me. Like, they're too high of a level, and I'll just constantly be missing my hits, and I don't, I just, like, hinder him because I pull everything since I'm such a low level. I see. Cool. So, yeah. So he's gonna catch up to my hunter, and then we'll just we'll raid together, probably. Exciting. Jane, what have you been up to? Team no sleep. Let's go. My Playing Street <laughs> Rage all the time? <laughs> my fucking sleep skip. Dude, so the same thing happened on Sunday night. Didn't oh. get an ounce of sleep. <laughs> Fuck, man. I, I, it's just it's horrible because, like, I just... I'm sleep-deprived the whole week, and... On Sunday, I take this crazy nap, and when I wake up, I can't go back to sleep. <laughs> and like the nap, I'll wake up at like 8 or 9 p.m., and I just can't go back to sleep. And it's bad, because it's affecting me. <laughs> like, I'm forever sleep deprived. Damn. But, um, played some Valorant. Oh, finished Watchmen. Like, oh! Like I predicted, someone came to save the day. Um, the ending wasn't predictable though. The ending, ending, but yeah, I knew that so and so was gonna save the day, and like yeah. there were things that were happening. I was like, yeah, this is gonna happen, and it happened, and then eh, this is gonna happen. Yeah, this is gonna happen. So, I mean, it was cool. I, I liked it. There's no need for a season two. The only, yeah. re the only reason why I would watch a season two is I want to see what happens to Ozymandias, and I'm pretty sure he gets out of it. <clears throat> Because he's so smart. Yeah. So I want to see how that's written. How he gets away with the trial. That's the only thing I want to see. But other than that... That's it? I mean... <laughs> I mean... I want to see what... Where's Night Owl? Um, yeah. That was that was something that I was like... I'm curious. Uh, like, it doesn't even have to be like a big... 
thing, but yeah. Just him in the background, you're like, oh shit, there he is. I guess he's doing good. It was cool. I liked it. Um, Played Streets. Oh, what's up? Oh, I was going to ask the the stuff regarding Ozymandias. Did you, the way that in which he um, mobilizes from one one place to another. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that something that you were anticipating, no, no, expecting? No, no. no. I, the way he got Did out. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. I liked it. I thought was, I I lo- was that the one where they started with like uh, an like like an origin story thing, or was that a prior episode? That's a prior. Do you mean the origin of the Asian lady, or no, no, of um, Doctor Manhattan's origin? I think that's a second to last episode. Okay, that's what it was. <clears throat> It was good. Okay. I liked it. Okay. Um, played some Streets of Rage, uh, chipping away at unlocking all the characters. That thing is a fucking grind, dude. It's fucking crazy. Like it's too, it's too much, dude. What it, What do you have to do? Is it just playthroughs on harder difficulties or specific challenges? So I heard playing through easy is the best way to do it, and I'm just playing through easy. But dude, I probably beat that game like seven times already, and I'm almost done. <laughs> With, uh, so then what do you have to do on easy? Do you have to like do certain abilities or just play with certain characters? You just gotta maximize your points. Get oh, big combos. Have a lot of health. Okay. Don't use your specials. That's pretty much it. Okay. But I heard the Streets of Rage 3 characters, which I'm at right now, and I'm almost done, Yeah. are the best characters in the game. They're broken. And I can probably see why, but... Can you, easy, you still unlock? Can you still unlock them if you play like co-op? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. And some Valorant. Oh shit! So I'm like, I'm back. I'm kind of interested in going back to st- streetwear. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I bought these shoes a long time ago. There, there's these shoes called Newcastles, and they're they're modeled after Newcastle the beer. Um, I bought two pairs, right? Um, I, one and, for and me. One of those pairs is your most rundown shoe I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, dude. I wore that. Sh- no, I so I usually wear shoes till it has a hole in it, and then that's when I replace it. Um, I wore that Newcastle down to the bone, dude. Um, I had a second pair, and I sold it for three hundred dollars. They they retail for ninety. Um, I thought they would never go up ever again because they weren't like super exclusive. So I posted on instagram how much they cost and it, it's it said 800 it, no 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 the, the shoe that i had cost a thousand dollars because it depends on the size so a size 10 is, or size 9 or like sought after Which and i had like the most average size yeah. shoe probably. so i had a size 10 and yeah that shoe goes for a thousand dollars and it, it doesn't what? just go for a thousand dollars it gets it gets sold for that people buy it for a thousand dollars rich I'm assuming rich white kids. I mean, I don't want to like rich white quarantine kids. <laughs> no, rich white kids. Because if you ever go to like Supreme or like you go to that Fairfax district, it's it's like uh-huh. rich white kids with their parents buying extremely expensive clothing. And I kind of so I bought some Supreme stuff, and I didn't know Supre- how much Supreme box logo shirts or sweaters cost. Uh-huh. They cost. 700 to a thousand dollars and they retail for maybe 50 to 100 so 
and it's hard to get these things and i've realized like i would always try to like wake up early and try to get certain exclusive items i realized people are using bots yeah. so i'm gonna use a bot to get some supreme i'm gonna buy a bot and we're, I, I, for the box logo i want to resell it i mean people are gonna like shit on me for that but i mean i eventually do want to have one to keep but these shirts are just super dude something about supreme they're like super limited and people want them and these box logos they don't they're super rare so um I'll, if you can't beat them you got to join them dude so <laughs> i'm gonna so, so i have a question yes what is what does it mean mean to get back into streetwear does that mean you're like your interest in in exclusive gear to own or the whole finding rare things and turning them around i really wanted i wanted my most ideal situation is to buy two of some two of something so one can pay off the thing i bought for free that's like the idea situation ideal situation like you know the stuff that um so cause a graffiti artist he did a yeah. collab with uniqlo i told vargas to buy like you know like shirts and i bought a shit ton of, I, I bought double shirts those things go for 80 to 100 dollars now they're 15 what? 15 shirts they're like 80 to 100 dollars now so do you it, think this went this this all happened because of like the whole COVID nineteen situation? No, nah, dude, this thing has always been like this. It's just oh, uh, you just okay, you just started looking into it again. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm not you really into it, into it again. Again. You saw Well, it, like, there's a, there's a new app. It's not new new, but there's an app that's kind of like the stock market, and it tells you it values like certain things, and people use it because what happens is you buy it, you have to. So if you want to sell something, you buy it, you send it to that company. They legit check it, and then they send it to the customer. So, like this website kind of changed, I guess, internet in this this app kind of changed streetwear. Where there's like a stock turn up market exchange for clothes now, or streetwear. Wow. Man. But I mean, I'm letting you know there's a Billie Eilish Uniqlo with Takashi Murakami, fifteen dollars shirts. These are gonna be. You're gonna at least double your money. They're gonna come out. I think next they're, week. They're on the website right now. Oh, they're gonna come. I out. think they're okay. coming out, so I'm gonna have to buy double. I'm not gonna use a bot for Uniqlo because I feel like it's kind of easy to get. Except have for, you used bot before? I have not. Okay. So, but the next Supreme box logo, I'm I will use a bot. <laughs> I will. I mean, I just wanna mean? I wanna have no. I wanna keep stuff and then I wanna resell stuff, but mostly I do wanna you know flex, dude. So. The an- <laughs> Animal Crossing flex, yeah. Yeah, the fashion flex, the Able Sisters. Yeah. Um, you did a couple of videos recently, right? Are okay, you working I, on them still? Yeah, I'm filming just B-roll. I haven't filmed, oh, okay. filmed the main meat of the content, but is that in part, like partly tied to what you want to do with the streetwear stuff, where you're like? It was helping you were kind of like getting back into that with that so one of them so i did a unboxing for a supreme waist bag i bought a supreme backpack um so i'm gonna do an unboxing for a supreme backpack I'm still working on it but dude both of those things they came out this like last month both both of those things gone up 25 percent already well but who want your interest in purchasing those is what i'm saying was that 
brought on by this app and your interest in streetwear or were you going to make those videos and now you're like i kind of want like are they tied in any way no i don't know i just when i bought the waste bag i just kind of got addicted again i was like damn i just kept okay. on researching stuff and researching other stuff and like Down human hu- human made is a cool one too like i like the artist i fo- follow the artist and then that doesn't go up in price though that's uh, that's just really expensive but it doesn't really resell it doesn't go up in price but i just like the artist for that one okay we back nice. boys it's like you know streetwear culture and comic book collecting you're the same thing dude don't at me i mean it, it, it's a lot of it seems like it's just like collectibles in general like it's like you clothes. Go from figures clothes <laughs> uh heart like switch consoles people are flipping those things with the, probably the same bots yeah. I was I was trying to tell my coworker I'm like, hey, get on like this Wario 64 link, and he, and he's been trying, and I'm like, he's always 15 minutes late. Like I told, I look at it and I see people replying like, just got one, and it's like 10 minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, and then I look at when he looked at it and he's like 20 minutes, and he's like, no, they're out. Um, and I saw a Reddit post where it was like this guy was like, I'm I've been trying to get a switch for a friend, or for no, for a partner. And he's like, instead of fighting bots, I decided to like join a bot Discord, learn the trade, the tricks of the trade that they're using, like the tech or the f- accounts they follow or whatever things they set up. And I used their same techniques to get just one switch for myself. And he's like, it worked within a day. They, yeah, yeah. There's a supreme Discord. <laughs> I haven't Damn. joined. I haven't joined one yet, but there, there's dude. Hey, it's fucking join, nuts. Dude. There's yeah. money in the Discord, bro. <laughs> There's money in the Discord. I want a box logo and I want to resell. Also, the bad thing about Supreme, though, is so I want to buy another waste bag so I can resell in the future because waste bags are like doubling in. (laughs) Dude, they're like doubling in price. So, I mean, what do you do with the eggs in the waste bag? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got to bake a cake, dude. But, um, the thing, bad thing about Supreme is you can, so one address can only buy one item so i can't rebuy another item you can't buy two you can use my address too. i'll keep it <laughs> has it arrived yet no but yeah so it's since we came in i haven't seen you it. can't buy multiple <laughs> items dude, so um, so you buy two different things keep the one you want sell the one you don't want what do you mean two? you can't buy two same some uh the same style is what i'm saying Right, right. So, like, if they have two different waste bags, you buy both. Keep the you one can't, you want. You can't so, buy two. You can only buy one. Like, even if it's a different waste bag. Even if it, if, well, they only have one. But it'll okay. be one with four different colors. If you buy one color, you can only buy one, uh, one color, and that's okay. It. Then buy a waistband, and then buy or the waste bag, and then buy like a shirt, and then sell the shirt. Give <laughs> we got uncut gems over here. Jeng's like, this is how I win. <laughs> Um, have you been reading? I'm still like I'm almost done with uh, Slaughterhouse. Man, I, oh, I'm okay. just getting no sleep, dude. <laughs> that's like, that's the <laughs> team no sleep. Yeah. Team no sleep indeed. Um, I've been chipping away at Animal Crossing. Um, this week, Katie and I were like having a lot of talks about villagers and who we like and don't like and we were li- like it, i went to the nintendo site where it's like all of their uh villagers like profiles and yeah. we were just like going through a bunch of them and she, she's really into it and i'm like i like these and then um 
I'm trying to like make some progress on this fucking island. Like, <laughs> if like right now the for those watching and on video or on stream, um, we're just quarantined to this one little corner. But it is a blank canvas pretty much everywhere else right now because I'm just like paralyzed by the decision of what I want to do and how to do it. I've downloaded like 50 photos of different ideas. That I'm like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Oh, like I'm like, how do I fit all these into one space? Um, so I need to like make, make a decision and start doing some stuff with it. Uh, and then I've been playing. I played a little bit of Valorant this week, like one or two matches, maybe three at the most total. Um, it was just like I could like the idea of sitting for. 12 plus rent matches I was like I can't I can't do that right now but I was into another hero shooter a little bit this week that I was just like oh this is super quick and easy to just pick up put down and I was I started playing overwatch a little um, on computer I was like oh their, their anniversary thing happened so I started trying to get those new skins huh I got a, a couple of them but like Dragon Mercy huh oh I saw that one I was really into the the, the new um What's that Western girl that's like one of the new ones where she's got like a robot sidekick? Oh, that's new. I don't even know her. Holy crap. She's new. She's kind of from the same verse of stuff as the, the gunslinger guy. Um, but she had one where she's Little Red Riding Hood and the robot looks like the bit bag wolf. And I got that one. That was really cool. But like it's super, like it's very casual, like the most casual shooting stuff like they have all their old events back like because it's anniversary so i there i had never done any of these because i've only casually played overwatch and it was pretty fun like you just jump into any mode or any game and just fuck yeah, around a little bit it's like it, long as it's the it's the huh and it's not as long as valorant nowhere nowhere near as long yeah it's like the complete opposite of like valorant is fun in it's it's precision and it's tactical prowess and it's like seriousness and focus and overwatch feels like super smash brothers with items on you're just like fucking fucking around down smash left right super ults and stuff i don't know it's like it's funny because it's it's sort of the same where they're hero shooters but at the same they're objective oriented but in totally different ways um and it's it holds up still like i I mean, I was playing a lot of casual stuff, so I was expecting a lot more toxicity. And I maybe two people talked a little bit, and they barely said anything shitty. So I was like, um, I think I mentioned a little bit. Battletech is like a mech game where it's tactic style, um, and yeah, I've just been like pre like recording them when I play, like an episode at a time, and then I'll yeah. post it like the next day or two. Um, and it's oh my god, it's fun. Like, for a tactics game, is really, like, in-depth. And it's, like, the, the narrative is really cool. Like, I guess there's a lot of lore within the Battletech, like, mythos. Like, there's books, there's board games, there's this game. And they all kind of have a shared mythos. And um, I would say it reminds me the most of, like, Firefly, Dune, and Game of Thrones. Wow. In that, like... Firefly, because of the way you run your ship, like when once you get the, the the intro going and everything, and you get into the, the thick of it, you have you run a ship, you have a crew, and you're trying to get everyone paid. Like everyone's just like, what's the next mission? Like I'll, we'll take some like like side mission, like 
there's a narrative, but then there's these side missions that you're just like, I need. We just need to make ends meet before the next financial report because we got everyone to pay, and if we don't get everyone paid, it drops morale. That makes the next fight you go into harder. Um, you have to repair your mechs. You can um, reload, change the loadouts of your mechs. You have to hire pilots. Like I went into the first mission, and I lo- like two of my pilots died, and I was like. Oh, like the first one I just overextended. I was like, oh, these are just turrets. Like these are like, this is super tutorial shit. And he just got annihilated by four of them just bombarding him and back to back to back. And he was in a light mech. So his mic just cuts out and he, uh, what? And then at the tail end of that mission, I was trying to stop something, but I didn't realize that there was a generator for these turrets instead of targeting each individual turret. And by the time I realized that she was so hurt that I was like, just trying to get her to run away. And they, they got, they had her number and just killed her. So, like, the mission ends, and I, and I ended that episode with, like, was it a success? I don't think so. Um, so that, but it's been fun. Like, I'm, and then, so that's the, the Firefly part of it. And then the, the Dune part of it is, like, it's, it's these, like, large nation, nation sectors. And they're, like, there's treaties and agreements and resources that they're, like, sharing and, and uh, um, trading and everything and there's a lot of politics that goes into it. Then it kind of gives me that like destiny like this larger like pre- predestined towards greatness and lineage and all that stuff that makes me think of Dune. But at the same time it makes me think of Game of Thrones and that there's so many different factions and there's personality traits tied to each faction. So there's like this draconian faction who like it's super far-flung future, but they're like, they pride themselves on how well they pay homage to ancient Japanese culture that they've like kept um, re- prevalent to their society and like how honor and battle has evolved with the tech in the future. There's another group that's like very like Nordic. There's another group that's like very down to earth. like all these different like groups and you're like, oh, I can... I got a, like a Game of Thrones vibe with like, and they have their cool sigils and stuff. So that's fun. And then, and I still have like, this will get into my topic, but I still have like a JRPG kick right now. So after Final Fantasy seven, I loaded up Persona five Royale. Ooh. And, um, I, so I, to give context, I've played Persona five original before and I got up to the, the very cusp of the first palace. I have now passed that point and beaten the first palace, and I'm like on the beginnings of the next one. Um, so I'm like, just this quarantine's helping me get through JRPGs. Like, I don't think I would get through them in a normal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun. Like, it's a good game. It's got cool style. Uh, it's got a Pokemon-like quality with the whole Persona thing, where you, you're like capturing and combining and all this shit, collecting. Um, but I also okay, so the JRPG thing again I just want to say real quick after our conversation of last week's Final Fantasy 7 com- topic um, I was talking with my coworker who's also a big like JRPG I was talking to him and I was talking to him about a lot of the stuff we talked about because he was the one telling me about all the stuff I should learn and I okay, so I did my research this what happens in Final Fantasy 7 Remake does change things in a big way from what had happen in the original because of certain characters 
um, paths being altered. And it's like, the game does things where you're like, I think it's very likely that certain characters are aware of this possible alternate timeline or parallel universe. Tifa? And, uh, uh, not Tifa. So, like, do you guys care if I say anything? Go, go no. ahead. Vargas, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, so, towards the tail end of the game, um, they start doing some stuff where you saw you start seeing cutscenes of a bunch of like you remember that uh, the cat with the cape I told you about where I was yeah. like this makes this is no context. There was other ones that I was like this has no context. And when I was asking him about him, he's like, no, that one, that one changes female character. It shows Zach. Oh. And, oh. and so it and I was like, okay, whatever. It's Zach. This guy looks like he's a character. I've seen him in like Crisis Core, but I didn't know what Crisis Core was and what it meant. And he's like. The, the scene that they show in this is the moment in which he dies. Okay. In the original. Yeah. And it's like right, it cuts right before that happens. It shows him facing off against the big group and you're like, I have no idea what this is supposed to mean anything. And then it cuts to the so, yeah, near, near the end. The original. And so, yeah. The wolves or whatever. Right? Wolf? I or thought it was, so he faces, him and Clouders are leaving a, a base from what I yeah. understood. And or it's a bunch of soldiers and dogs. Yeah, it, it's yeah. soldiers and dogs. That's what it was. Yeah. And so that it's literally like the same shot. Like it showed a side by side. And so um, it shows it up to the point where he's about to face him. And then it cuts away and it goes to other stuff. And then it cuts back later in the like in the ending of amount of like the last 10% of the game. Mm-hmm. And he survives that fight. And the, what my friend was saying is like he died in that fight. And that Buster Sword cloud takes and moves on mm. and so th- and then there's a thing in the game they show this like dog symbol that it's like the, the, the symbol of a resistance or something yeah when they show zach they show that dog flashing on like a chips bag but it's a different kind of dog but it's the same like this like the helmet and everything so the theory is and it's heavily like this is accurate is that that was this is now an alternate timeline in which things don't necessarily have to go the same way as the original game went. And that Sephiroth is privy to this, or he's either privy to it, or he's a different Sephiroth. Like, he's the Sephiroth from the original game, and he's like, I don't make it in the original game, and I, I can have a, now, have a chance to change destiny, and what, what this world might mean for that. And that makes it where it's like, could they do... I I'd have to play through it to know. <laughs> well, because the thing is, I watched like, like eight or nine videos about all the different. So like, do, you, you, do you know exactly who Zach is? Him and, and him and Cloud worked with Sephiroth. Correct, but I, I I mean I don't know if I if I should say I mean the game's been I, out. For I literally forever. looked up everything for. So if I remember correctly, Cloud essentially has Zach's memory of. Of growing up, what the way Zach grew up, so all of Cloud's memories are not real, essentially. Um, right, he has like these impressions of Cloud. Do you Zach. know what Cloud is? That's he's like him and him. Him and Zach got injected with some stuff. Okay, you don't like... know. You don't know what Cloud is, then. That... <laughs> well, no, but like they talk more about it. I just don't remember the exact. Do you know what he was... is, though? If you know what he is, that's the big twist. I don't remember. 
he's like a what, because copy Final of Fantasy Seven is the Fight Club of Final Fantasy. So there's a crazy ass twist that happens towards the end, and you find out okay. what Cloud is, and then when you find out, you're like, oh, okay. But it, that does change things. It, ex- it also explains why fucking Cloud is so fucking powerful, or you can okay. get him so powerful. Um, but yeah, like the thing is, like. I feel like they could still go the same route in a different I think way. That, I think it's in a... I'm, I'm just saying that this makes things interesting in that they, they are... Some characters are privy to how things have fold out because they show yeah. flashbacks of ending things in the franchise. Like, they, Cloud has memory things that happen near the end of the game where you're like, wait, that's a scene from the end of the game. Why is he seeing that? And then it's it's like they're trying to certain characters are trying to break away from those chain of events and other character other entities and characters are trying to keep it true to that yeah and, and could make the next two games di- or the next however many games different and, in, and interesting in a new way that old fans might find refreshing and new fans would just be like okay i don't know that, you know, like I feel like that, that was interesting to me. I was like, what if what if we're living in a simulation? Oh, and everyone plays a different version of the game, and they think they're playing the same version, and now everyone's confused. Yeah, that could very well be true. <laughs> but like uh, when I when I realized the full context of it, I was like, okay, if I were a fan of the original, I think, and I'm I'm put, trying to put myself in someone else's shoes. Yeah, that I think that that would be an interesting way of keeping my interest without it being like a like a, a play by play remake of. Whatever that is. Hey, Rage like, Yeah, he's so, too yeah. rude. Too rude. Um, but anyway, I, I saw so reading into that, and then I looked into, up the Switch uh, edition of Final Fantasy VII, the original one, and they apparently have made some quality of life changes to it where it makes it very streamlined. Yeah, you can fast forward or whatever. You can fast forward, you can like limit break to your heart's content. Oh, shit. You can. Um, so this is you picked it up, is what you're talking about. You can fast travel and do like you. It, it's like you don't need to grind. You don't. Oh, you can. You can disable random. Too rude. And I was like, all right, those are the things that I wouldn't, that I didn't want. And I'm like, now I, I don't mind. So I'm like, maybe after Persona Five, I'm gonna try. Um, Office. So. Anyway, you guys want to get into topics? <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's get rude. Okay, Jang, do you want to start us off? So, I finished watching Watchmen, um, and there's a character, Dr. Manhattan, who sees time as a single point, past, present, and future all at the same time. So, I don't want to get into spoilers, but let's say he can see an outcome happening, but he doesn't, and he's powerful too, he has a lot of power, so he can prevent that from happening, but he still lets it happen. So, I guess my question is more in a broader term, do you guys believe in free will versus predestination because that's the thing that was okay uh, unless dr manhattan wanted that to happen by choice that's one of the things that bothered me like why did he let this thing happen to him so yeah i think that's what it is um i mean he he has stepped in before you know to do things but i think in general like obviously especially in the comic books like he he just allows it. He's like I think he he thinks like whatever happens will happen, and he essentially almost has no hand in anything. He just allows things to happen to him, and I think it's really cool that they kind of seg- segue that into the show as well. Uh, he has that same attitude, like he's kind of over it because he's almost all knowing. So it's like there's no reason for me to try 
to do anything. I mean, I, I could change it if I wanted to, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to waste my time. I don't, yeah, I don't know. That's what I think, at least with when it comes to him and his mentality. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, if you know how things are going to turn out and you try to change them, I feel like you know is going to impact things in a, in a way that I don't it's it's weird because it's like I've seen different um, fic, works of fiction trying to approach the same thing and they're like you can change a bunch of little things but the, the major like milestones of time are always deemed like untouchable like they, they do this with Terminator all the time like the no fate but what we make and all and but like they showed in some versions of the film where things just still end up getting to those same points yeah um and i think it's more of like these these fictions are, are less about like where how much control we have and where and where it's going to take us and more of how we're going to react to those things and like what does that say about us like if you can, if you take like the whole world and everything, there's so many things that are not in our control, um, and I think that like those authors or those creators are trying to wrestle with that, like the control versus like what you can and can't control. And I feel like when Al Moore or, or just when like a writer's approaching Dr. Man, they're like, he's only in control of like how he reacts to something. And in the greater in the greater path of everything, he's like, I'm I'm just a speck in all this. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's a bit of a rambling, but I don't know. Well, I feel like if, I feel like if to, we're talking to, about true life, to, to, to think to, to think that one that you like, if you were like, I now know everything, and to be like, I can do something about all of this. I feel like is like a great like holy shit like. You think that highly of yourself. You're like, I'm that powerful to like sway the course of everything. Like, and, and to granted, Doctor Manhattan is pretty all powerful. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if if uh, if we're talking about like like true to life types of things. I, I don't think life is is predetermined. I think it's free will. Um, and and that for me at least it stems from. I feel like it's not essentially pointless but like a lot of quality of life for me is is ruined if i think like oh you know everything's predetermined like you know it, it's that you've already you've already have a set path you know before you even were born um and that just seems very boring and i'd like to think that every decision i made is is of my own choice and you know and everything that i've gotten up to in this point in life is because i've chosen that path i've carved that path myself that makes it seem much more enjoyable and and uh, and a better way to live. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because like you, a lot of like companies and in larger like programming suit areas will work on algorithms, mm -hmm. and like West kind of was about that reality that we live in, where it's like you take these just trends of society and you take these like things that everyone like all this data they're gathering on all of us and you they put it into the supercomputer and it like this this fiction was like we can now traject this person's life yeah. on on things that pertain to the rest of society like the, the income that they can, will have uh the likely 
likely chance of misdemeanors or any sort of trouble with, with, with the law and all these like kind of generalized things but it's a rough trajectory that they're like this person is now deemed safe or not risk or not not a risk or whatever and this person is deemed an outlier or whatever and like I feel like that's a way that pre maybe predest like if you were to go to that person with all the, like that super data that these companies either are gathering or have will gather and be like you are likely not to become a millionaire and it's like predetermined like Based on all this information we're gathering, you is not within your likelihood of reaching certain goals. Does that mean like it's not like? Would, could that person then be like, "It's can't it will happen or it could happen"? Like I feel like that's part of it. Of it's like, funny that you, you explain it like that because uh, with you explaining it, it reminded me of Minority Report, where <laughs> mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. they predetermine people's crimes and then they arrest them before they've even done it. And uh, and then it obviously snowballs out of control because then they think someone Tom in there because of Tom Cruise, of course. <laughs> Always flying out of airplanes. Show us the bald bald ladies. <laughs> bald, bald beautiful. Yeah. Well, what do you think? What, yeah. What do you think? <clears throat> I believe in free will. I don't. I mean, I do believe there is like a. It's kind of hard to explain. I do believe everything's predetermined. But if you were to know something in the future, I feel like you can change it that makes sense like i feel like everything is written out already but it's with free will but if you were to know the future you could change that because like let's say yeah yeah you had you know as a as let's say i got the newcastle and i knew that there were a thousand dollars i would have held on to (laughs) so then you would buy you would buy more hell yeah i would have bought more and you'd hold on to until now exactly Gotcha. Yeah, I believe in free will. But you, like, I guess you, like, you're saying, like, you, you, you believe in both, but like in a, you know, one over the other. It's like a yin and yang. Yeah. Like you can't have free will unless you have predetermined destiny. I don't know. <laughs> free parking. <laughs> free parking. I knew you were going for a phrase. <laughs> I don't know. With uh, with uh, Doctor Manhattan, he, he's like. He's a very interesting character, you know, because he obviously like he's very powerful, yet he does nothing. But I, I, I feel like knowledge is. Well, I don't think a human will ever get to the vast knowledge that Manhattan ha- has. But I feel like if you knew everything, what enjoyment, you know, in life is there? Like, you you can't be surprised. You can't be like there's nothing, you know. Like there's. Nothing can be done, and obviously there's ways around it. Like it, the, the, the show shows it, or the 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 uh, what you call it. Well, both the show and the comic. But yeah, you know, like the, this guy. Like I feel like he's just the reason he's so emotionless is because he knows everything, and what? I think he doesn't do anything because he feels that maybe there's a slight chance something might change for him. You know, like if he allows him to possibly almost get murdered something might happen you know so he like decides to allow that to happen he doesn't it doesn't seem like he's doing much about it what's you know what's in this is like off topic what's interesting about manhattan is when he changed into dr manhattan like he lost his humanity like his will to even be human but then there are times where he wants to like be human again where he wants to fall in love and that's what is so interesting to me like he's trying to be human again i i feel like 
Like, I don't know, it's kind of weird, because it looks like in the comic book, he loses interest, but then when she tells her that, you know, who her father is, Silk Spectre, and product of rape, and he was, like, you know, he, like, shocked by, like, the probability of, like, that happening and forming her, and I don't know, like, he loses his touch with humanity, but at the same time, he wants to be human again. It's in you see it in the show, which is uh, it's so interesting to me. <laughs> I feel like he's playing like a, like a essentially like a, a a game that's that's only for himself, you know? Because he again he can he essentially knows everything. He knows the future. He knows what will happen. He can be there at the same time that he's here, you know, that we're watching, that we're talking, or whatever. And he probably sees the outcome of what of the decision that he made in the beginning of the show, but he also like it's it's a gamble because i think maybe he's trying maybe there's a bigger picture maybe he's trying to figure out if there is free will maybe he saw this whole entire timeline of of him um you know trying to become human and then you know towards the and then what happens at the end of the of the, of the uh, show and then he kind of like once he, he becomes dr manhattan again he it shows like he can see like everything transpired exactly as i saw it you know, life is predetermined. This is still boring, or something. Or what if he? I think he's just gambling with his his own life, with the other person's life, to try to to see if if life is is free will or predetermined. I think like that's what the show, or not what the show tries to portray, but that's what I got from the show. Mm. I thought the show did some interesting stuff where it was like how he understood love of another person versus how that re- regular like they're working linearly in the in the flow of time of how they feel about Dr. Manhattan mm-hmm. and Dr. Manhattan's like I'm working in all like omnipresently with time of how I feel for you and I feel this later on but I'm I, I am aware of it now so I'm feeling it now and like to wrap our head around like that sort of like forward like trajectory and be like okay well I'll act on that reaction or impression even though it hasn't happened yet it's like He's, he's acting as like, okay, if everything's predestined, it's for sure, then I can go on it based as, as if it's based as fact. Yeah. And, like, it is it is reality now. And, like, the way he reacts to those things, it's like, whoa. Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you convey that and express it? Yeah. True, crazy stuff. It's just interesting how, like, it, what, I, what, I, what I try to guess what these works of fiction are trying to say about that debate of like free will and predetermination and like everything. It's it's crazy stuff. (laughs) Anything else, Jake? Nope. 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 As if we haven't talked about enough JRPG stuff, uh, uh, my top is JRPGs and what to play next. I kind of wanted to pick your guys' brains on, like, I've played Final Fantasy VII Remake now. I've dipped my feet into with uh, Persona 5. What, what what do you recommend? Like, in general. Like, it doesn't have to be a Final Fantasy game. It could be any JRPG. Um, what, are, what are some of your favorite things about JRPGs or your least favorite things about JRPGs? <laughs> Any and all of these questions. I just I think it's interesting that you said that you there's the the old style RPG like the 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 turn based essentially you didn't like in it you 
know, where you choose an attack, you have to wait for someone else to do something before you can do something. Um, but you enjoy tacticals that I feel like are very similar in that sense. Obviously, there's there's movement involved. It's still turn-based, you're right. Yeah, I don't know, it's something about, the, like, the grid-like battlefield. Yeah. Like, I feel like the movement is a factor in it. It's like... When I see when I see like those old ones, like the Final Fantasies one through three, for instance, it's like they're standing there and they just take turns hitting. And Pokemon was the same way. Like I, I played hours upon hours of Pokemon. I still play it. It's the same thing. Yeah. But when I see a tactics game, I see that turn base. But it's like okay, you will not have an attack of opportunity against this particular unit because of where I placed it. it sort of adds like a chess element to it. Right. Where it is your turn, but you're limited based on what I've allowed you to and vice versa. And I think that element kind of makes me think of like a slower version of like a StarCraft. Yeah. Where I don't need to be like 800 actions per minute or something. <laughs> um, so that's, that's what I'd say my best explanation. War of the Lions. That's what I recommend to you. Which one? War of the Lions. <laughs> What's that? It's tactics. War... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Final Fantasy. War of the Lines. I hate random encounters. I, uh, yeah. That's just, I just hate that. I, I, yeah, I have like less and less patience for them. We're playing Persona 5. It's sort of random. It's like they're patrolling a palace. And you can sneak around them if you want. But I choose to grind through them and the way like i'm like why would i do that to myself because i hate it so much they have like this like speed through mode where i can literally just press rush and the battle just fights itself hmm. and it it goes and like i'm when i'm doing this i'm doing this when I'm, I'm confident about like the fight yeah um so i'm just trying to grind out a few fights but it makes that whole eight fights that i would do that i wouldn't do bearable for me I'm just like, alright, just fucking, I don't, like, I'll, I'll look at my phone. What, so that's something you don't like, what is something you really enjoy out of a JRPG game? I don't, it's weird, they're like, I, I could compare them to like, a book that sucks in the beginning, but gets better mm -hmm. towards the middle and end. Like JRPGs, like, the beginning, I just hate. Every single JRPG. I hate the beginning. Out. Yeah, just a slow ass grind. Once you get like get into it, it starts to get good. Um, I like the storyline. I feel like storylines in JRPGs are pretty grade A. It, and like they're grade A till Western video games start making really good storylines. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, Western games sucked, <laughs> and Japanese games ruled. And then a switch happened, like in the early or late nineties and like early 2000s where it went reverse <laughs> where american games started making really good games and japanese games start to suck but i recommend like chrono, chrono trigger or final fantasy 6 because just because the story is so good even it, it, final fantasy 4 i think if i can recommend like a, a newer uh rpg game I'd, I'd recommend if you haven't played them the ninu kuni games one and oh, two. oh yeah um it, it's it, it, it won't have the random encounters. It'll have, like, you can see them, you can run around them or whatever, but it's still got the, the very grindy feel of a JRPG where, like, you, you know, you're going to have to kill a couple of monsters to level up before you do something. 
Okay. Um, I mean, you, you can attempt it, you know, and then fail, and then you'll realize, like, okay, I do have to, you know, do it. <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible to beat it without grinding, but obviously it makes it just so much more easier. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you remember. Remember someone posted something about Tifa, and then I posted Final Fantasy VI did it better, like a fighting? Yeah. Yeah. So that character in Final Fantasy VI, in order to do his special move set, it's a fighting game. Fighting game inputs. So he has a Hadouken. You got to input a Hadouken. Oh. Suplex. You got to do that. I don't know what was the input for the suplex, but every one of those like special moves is a fighting game input, which I think is That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Was was his alt- or was his uh, limit break uh, up up down down like? Right? <laughs> There's no limit break in six. <laughs> Do they have ultimates? Nope. Then why the fuck do I want to play six then, dude? Story, dude. <laughs> Story, Marcus, baby. Do you, have, <laughs> do you have any particular favorite or least favorite elements of JRPG? Um, so I, I agree with Jang. Like, I think one of my favorite is is the storylines. Like, most JRPGs just have fantastic stories, dude. Like, they always do well. It's like I think. So I I, I didn't get into anime until like a few years ago. Um, but I had always been in JRPGs, or, or not always been, but obviously, like, when I was playing games, I, I quickly found that JRPGs were something that I really enjoyed. And I think at, at a young age, I didn't know what it was, but I think it's that story element. And with with animes, they're they're very quick to be, like, for an anime to be announced, to be made, and to be, like, produced and, and, and showed. Like, it, it becomes a regular show, it's out once a week, it's, you know, 12 episodes, so it's just a 12-week period. Um, and there's so much out there that I'm able to find something really quickly, watch it, and I can see that storyline right away. And I think that's what JRPGs have. It's it's just it's a much longer story that you get to play, you get to be involved in, and I think that's what I really enjoy about it. The other aspect is that you can you can grind ahead of where you're at and just be extremely powerful and just beat the game. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember <laughs> like Pokemon was the same thing. I would overgrind certain like. Pokemon just to like overpower through. I I never I don't think I've ever even in this most recent one I've never fought the Elite Four at their own level. Like I've always like I'm like I'm gonna be able to kill everything with one fucking Pokemon. That's what I want. What's fun for me lately, like I started doing this later on, not as uh, the earlier ones I would just like steamroll through. Yeah. But I started like making the grind a part of the narrative for me, where. I would play Pokemon, I would get to the Elite Four, and I would be like, I like, I limit, I didn't grind at all. Like, I would do the bare minimum. And I'd get to the Elite Four, and I would face them, and I would lose hard. And then I would just go back at them again. And it was like this constant struggle. But like, fighting them, every time I got something beaten, um, I would get XP for it. Yeah. And so I was leveling up through fighting them, and I could beat like one or two of them. And then I would beat three or four of them without any heat. Like, I wouldn't use items either. Like, it was just, I wanted them to, like, get through it without any need of help. You're doing, like, the TV shit. <laughs> well, it was, for me, it was, like, this is going to be, uh, like, that the Pokemon getting stronger through, like, Saiyan style. Like, yeah. through loss, they grow stronger. <laughs> and, like, that to me became, like, a cool the narrative that I made. Training. Where, Yeah. <laughs> Like hyperbolic type shit, <laughs> but like it felt like I had made that part of the story my own, where it wasn't like part of what the game was trying to right. tell me, but like using that grind to 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 make my own kind of personal part of the story. I think that's the thing I like about like 
while having this epic story that like you're right every jrpg that you guys like i've either heard the synopsis of or kind of like read the cliff notes of or played like the one i've just played it like it gets so grandiose and so epic but like the elements that i can kind of take ownership over are part of the fun for me within all that like for instance fire emblem three houses there's a big overarching story that happens that is just it's a linear story it's set mm-hmm. but deciding your relationship with the all your classmates and your and your students deciding the the focus of job classes for your characters and all of them and how like how your team is like composition is makes me feel like it's much more personal than if I were to be like he, like here's your three fighters that you're going to have at this like Mass Effect for instance sort of provide I mean American RPGs have started doing it more where they like allow some flexibility within a given team but choosing like those roles in a JRPG seems much more flexible yeah like I can not only pick eight of the 20 characters you've given me but I can also pick what type of role they're playing in my team and I like I that's a that's a really cool part of it I think about a lot of like JRPGs um have you guys played the Bravery Default? I, I have. I, I, no. I have it on the PS or the, the 3DS. Yeah, it was 3DS or DS. I forget. Um, something that that did, and I know Tactics did as well, but I th- and a few more games have been doing is this whole job class system. Do a lot of Final Fantasies do that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Not a lot. Certain ones. Just some, I mean, okay. they'll they'll have like they're already technically considered a class in some of them. Um, well, like the what I mean by a system is that you train up in one and you can switch it out for another one once you're proficient enough and like certain skills would carry over. Like your character now knows like a so default skill of one. I think the only uh, regular Final Fantasy that did it is actually the Final Fantasy fourteen, which is the MMO. I think ten. Uh, I think ten does it. Everyone can eventually be a clone of everyone. Ten two maybe? No, a ten. The sphere grade. If you fill up. Oh, but that's but there are no jobs though. It's just like a sphere grade, and if you level enough, you can literally. I mean, it's technically a job. You can be a black mage, and then if you want to go the same round, you can make Tidus a black mage. You can focus on magic, but it's not considered a black mage, so I don't consider it a job or whatever. Um, but yeah, both actually both are both. MMOs from the Final Fantasy do that. You can, if you switch a weapon, you become that class. And Bravely Default did that. If you give him, you know, um, uh, like boxing lips, he becomes a monk, and you can level that up. And then when you switch back to Swordman, if the Swordman was like two levels down, your character goes back down those two levels, and he's a Swordman again. Uh, and if you go back to monk, he goes back up to that level as well. Okay. That's so you can keep every character, and then just, yeah. just switch classes between them. And have you guys explored? You guys have been talking all about a lot of Final Fantasy games. Chrono Trigger, Nino Kune were other ones that you guys. Been... What is your guys' history with Dragon Quest? I I've only ever played nine. The... <laughs> I played like... nine a lot. <laughs> okay. Which one's nine? That's the DS one. The one Reggie uh, Fiza May played a lot. Of. So. I've always enjoyed the concept of Dragon Quest because it's like set in a fantasy world I've always enjoyed, but I never got into the RPGs because I feel like it was so much. Like if I was going to get into it, I'd want to you know, play one, two, three, four, five, all the way up until, what is it, 22 now or whatever? 
Uh, is it is it is it like Final Fantasy where each one is its own story? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of it's its own thing, so you don't actually so, have to do one through you know twenty two. What is the appeal or lack of appeal for that f- f- series for you? Yeah, I don't know why Japanese people love it. In in America, it's just not well loved. <laughs> Dude, well, what that's, about for, that shit kills you? numbers, dude. In Japan, yeah. that's like a Pokemon level <laughs> game. That that well, they game, just had like a big Netflix movie. That game well. that game changed Japanese law. <laughs> like really, g- game releases can't be on a weekday because of Dragon Quest. People would call that a work because <laughs> they would buy Dragon Quest and play it. So now games come out on Fridays in Japan. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think there's an appeal for them? I think. Character design, Akira Toriyama is part of it. Dragon Ball creator. Um, yeah. I don't when know. I, whenever growing up, I would see the art for it, and I was like, "Is this in the same Dragon Ball universe? That it's just like some other stuff?" Oh, because of dragons. <laughs> well, no, 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 because of the art style. I was like, "This is the same art style as Dragon Ball Z." Yeah, same artist did. I think. And I was like, "Is one. it?" Because I put the artwork oh, together. Oh, Chrono Trigger like, oh, is by Akira Toriyama. <laughs> Character mm-hmm. designed by Akira Toriyama, which is the same as Dragon Ball and Dra- uh, Dragon Quest. So, why have you two or uh, liked or not liked them, or been ever never really dived into them or wanted to? I, I think I it's never, cool. I think it's cool too, but I never really dived into them because I felt like it was too much to start over. But what I did is I played like those not like the knockoff games but like the the games that like branched off that weren't essentially like rocket JRPG. slime so it, it was a slime based one so it's, it's one <laughs> i love that one that's the only one i play <laughs> it's one where I, I i still have it it was on game boy um i saw the cassette but it's i forgot the name of it but it is one where you level up essentially every mon or monsters you level up like the slimes uh, you can you can essentially make them together to create a different combination. So if I Wait. do like a, a different slime, I can create like a metal slime essentially. This isn't Monster Rancher, is it? No, no, no. That's okay. the disc thing. No, this is uh, it's very similar to that, but it's, <laughs> it's based off of the world of of um, Dragon Quest, and that's okay. how I got to love the slimes or whatever the the, yeah. the iconic slimes that these guys have as monsters. The funny thing uh, was those slimes reminded me of Maple. Every yeah. time I saw them, I was because my brother played so much Maple Story that I was like, "These look like the same fucking enemies." You and, were and I think for- those slimes. I think all. The, I think all slimes that you see now are probably based off of uh, something similar to, to Dragon Quest because okay. that has it. Um, I played a game called International Ride Rack Online that had slimes as well, or they were called Borings. Um, so I think it's. I think they're all based off of the Dragon Quest ones, but. Uh, that game was so fun, dude. It was it was based off of the monsters because I've always loved the lore, like not the lore, but like I've always loved monster and monster creations like that. So I really got into that one, but I never ended up getting. I mean, I've got I got other ones too, but they weren't as like they didn't stick in my head as as much as this this the the original one that I played did. Okay. Um, it was really fun, but yeah, that, that's what I got into for that is those monsters, and I wanted. I've seen like screenshots of like the newest Dragon Quest. With like the um, obviously like the like the up, the most up to date graphics, and I've seen like fights with dragons, and I, I want to pick it up just to see like the monster designs in that game. Okay. But I haven't done it. I have, I have 
if you guys were to give you guys have given me some of like the more popular your like highest recommended ones if you were to give a uh, like under the radar like most kind of like out of left field recommendation for J- jrpg um what would it what do you think what comes to mind i don't know if i have one um if i can get one to come to mind uh or what's the most like underrated off like off the beaten path? That's what I'm trying to think. Maybe uh, Z- there was Xeno Saga. No, I mean Xeno Gears. I mean, I'm sorry. Is that in the Xenoblade universe? I have no idea. Because <laughs> every time I see a trailer for a Xenoblade game, every single one, more so than the, than the previous one, it's like it's for each time it gets worse. They are they look so daunting and complex and weird. That I have no idea what's going on, and I like each trailer I see from like the Nintendo Direct spend like fifty. Going to explain each time those games come up. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're. Uh, I have no idea if they're in this. I don't think they are. Mm. Okay. So if I have to recommend one, it's it's one. That I I don't know. It's 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 one that I played on PlayStation. Um, I think I think when I was younger and I had PlayStation is when I played the most RPGs. I think growing up I started playing less and less of them, but it's Legend of the Dragoon. Oh yeah, I've heard of that one. Is one that I'd have to recommend. I don't know if there's a way for you to play it off of that. Um, and then there's the Breath of the uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath? No, <laughs> uh, Breath of Fire uh, RPG games too. That's like a whole cool as well. I have one last question. I, I know I lied. I said a question. If is a game considered a JRPG? If it's an RPG that has come from Japan, like I, I, I <laughs> because, like, because my, my the reason I'm asking is because I feel like Monster Hunter is an RPG or that the the Messenger sequel, it's JRPG yeah. JRPG influence, but it's made by Western. That's an even bigger argument. Yeah, I'm just like, what is it a characteristic or a quality of the game that signifies it being a JRPG, or is it just that it's an RPG from like, I think I think it, 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 I feel like a similar argument could be made about like anime. Like, is it anime as style or is it its origin? So, at least to answer the RPG one, yeah, I think, yeah. Sorry, I think the term is used two different ways. It's used to to call a JRPG that a, a, an RPG that comes from Japan a JRPG, and then it's also used in the same way. Like it, they're using it as like what as like a noun a descriptor, but um. It's they're they're describing they're saying something's an JRPG as a description of saying like it's it's like a Japanese RPG. So would you what do you guys think? That Characteristics is, is Monster Hunter um, an RPG? Damn, I don't well, know. Monster Hunter is not a JRPG. I don't consider. Would you say it's an RPG? I would say it's a role playing game. Huh. I, I think if we if we like yes. write out the, the the term, it's a JRPG. Yes. It's, it's, it's but, but yeah, I guess different. I guess it is a JRPG. It's just okay. not turn based. There's <laughs> levels, but the levels don't don't base don't don't. Like I know, would say, I would stats. say Dark Souls is a JRPG. But then the would you consider so the way it's the way it's described on Wikipedia is it's an action role playing game. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Dark Souls as of well. Of the of, yeah. 
they so they so it's it's describing it further saying these games emphasize real-time combat where the player has direct control of their character as opposed to turn-based or menu-based combat while still having focus on stats that determine relative strength but i think it's an interesting like conversation of like like more so with what jang what you ended up saying with the with the messenger game where it's like is it the characteristics or is it the you know because that one is much more in line with what like a, a typical jrpg is it's just it's not from there it's, it's like bang homage but it, it's similar because you're you're getting gear that makes you yeah. just like just like monster hunter has gear that's making you stronger there isn't there isn't any focus on stats the way a true rpg has but it's got that it's got that like character development and, and strength kind of thing going for it mm. okay that was uh, final that was my last question <laughs> i just kept going <laughs> I, I just Sorry. to add real quick Another i think one. like eventually we'll games i mean we're already in that point where like it's hard to describe a game in one sense you know like you have to be like it's oh yeah you know it's souls like it's this like you know it's yeah. like, like it, it's it, they're starting to break like you know specific uh Animal Crossing is a JRPG. Animal Crossing is an MMORPG. <laughs> Dude, eight, eight villages? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that the, the, the genres are blending and mixing yeah. in. In five more years or ten years, we're going to be talking about a whole new like set of genres and hyper genres. Anyway, Vargas, on to your topic. So my topic. So my topic is... Um, I'm just gonna answer the question. Should yes, should influencers, uh, when they fight each other or when when they uh, talk trash to each other, should there should there be um, should should influencers use sponsorships as a way to to fight other people? And I guess let me explain it. So what happened is Keemstar, um, or H3H3 made a video uh, showing all the the bad things that Keemstar has done before. And in that same video, uh, H3H3 makes fun of uh, the way that Keemstar does his sponsorships, specifically with G Fuel. So he's like, dude, brought to you by G Fuel. And he like drinks like a, you know, a colorful drink or whatever, uh, kind of looking like Gatorade. and and then people started backing up H3H3, uh, explaining like, hey, you know, when I've when I've hung out with uh, with uh, this guy, he's been very rude. It was specifically Keemstar, and so people started noticing that in it was specifically on G Fuel's website, Keemstar got removed. It, his his sponsorship code no longer works on their website for discounts. So this guy lost his sponsorship because someone made fun of him and then started pointing out specifically, you know, G Fuel is, is his sponsorship or whatever. They didn't say, like, you know, the sponsorship, like, to, to target the sponsorship. But it's it's happened before. We've had PewDiePie, you know, like, uh, his is, is a broader one where, where the community, like, started talking, like, oh, he's racist, you know, you should not let him make money and obviously all of his sponsorships dropped off. But I feel like we're getting to a point where influencers, when they fight each other, they kind of... The, a way to, to to kind of attack someone is is not letting them do their job, you know, DDSing them or doing things like that. But now we can they can start hitting them in 
pocket wise and, and removing them or, or stopping them from being able to get money from sponsors and stuff by saying like hey this guy has done this this and this and this he's not you know a proper influencer you shouldn't probably be sponsoring this guy do you guys think that that that's like the right thing or do you think what do you guys think about that like what is your thoughts on that Jack? hmm I don't know. I wouldn't personally attack someone like that, but I feel if he wanted it to go that way, if he wanted to hit him low, I guess that's on him, you know. Like, but it, it's also not even like sometimes it's not targeted. I don't think HGH meant for him to lose his sponsorship. There's also another one where um, Pokimane, she's a streamer. She obviously watches videos. On, on stream sometimes like as content and someone showed her like hey there's a guy who made a 20 video 20 minute video about you calling you a thought the whole entire time like you know she's 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 uh she's getting views by showing herself you know by, by being a thought or whatever and at the end of the video she makes a remark saying like hey you know like dude sponsorship or sponsors should look at videos before they go sponsor and be like oh yeah like let me let me sponsor this video about someone calling a thought for 20 minutes you know and the guy later on replied that he lost his sponsorship because of that comment, because of that remark by Pokemon. She didn't do it to, she was doing it for content. She was creating, she was making that comment because obviously what she feels is true, but she didn't like attack the guy personally. Someone, her viewers would have been like, dude, look at this, look at this. And that spread. And you know, the, the, whoever was sponsoring that video got, got a hold of him and was like, we can't, obviously we can't sponsor this guy. And then it dropped, you know, she didn't purposely attack that guy. She was just making content. That ended up getting blown into proportion and he lost his sponsorship for it i mean i think it's part of, like it's this wild west of being what it what it means to put yourself out in the public when you when you start taking money and you know slapping sponsors on onto your brand or, or community or whatever um there comes i think a a, a responsibility with how you carry yourself so and, and I'll, it's it like if I took this as a company, like let's take away from individuals and just say the company of uh, what's his name? Um, who's that interview? The history, history. No, the, the other one. The Joe one Rogan? That, uh, no, the, the white guy with that with the short hair. He does like journals. He's like ah. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> no, he's a YouTuber. Um. Uh, Pewdie, uh, not, uh, PewDiePie, uh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> is he controversial or family friend? Yeah, he he's controversial, but he talks about like hot topics, but he talks about them in a, you know, like a unbiased way. Why can't I remember his name? It's exactly what I. Yeah. At least the guy that I'm thinking of. Oh, um, DeFranco. De, yeah, yeah, Phil DeFranco. That's what I'm. <laughs> I don't know why. Fucking pro- but like, imagine because he's not just one. He's a company. He's got a, he's got a crew. He's got all these right. people, and you you have X number of sponsors. You then have like to you you have to run things by them, and they have like an image to protect. And yeah, they're like we don't like things going a certain way. So either change them, or we're pulling out, or maybe they they pull out before you change them, and they're like, oh shit, I didn't realize that was a thing. And these are it's like becoming accessible to individuals like he's a he's got a well-established brand but like some of these other people i don't know their level of i, I think the issue but like too, though. but like if anyone could be a brand and like 
like if you become a big enough streamer and you have um, Red Bull behind you, you're now like on this on that same conversation of like if I start spouting stuff that that brand doesn't like, that's gonna have ramifications on how I'm involved with them. It's like I think that's a, that's an important part that a lot of these people that are young, they're very young a lot of the time, and they're very like bombastic and and involved in a lot. Of, like drama and it's, sometimes it's out of your control because like, someone else could just randomly start shit with you but like it's how you react to that stuff yeah and how you, how you just carry yourself I think like like a lot I, of companies get called out for shit but then the way they react is very like for many comments on this or blah 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 blah. they do this political bullshittery um, to sidestep it or to whatever I feel like it's on a more personal scale I think that's that's where it comes into play is um like normally, like when it comes to a business standpoint, you would create an LLC, and the LLC would take full credit for everything. And if like they were to get sued or anything, it goes to the LLC, and you're perfectly safe. You're completely separate from the entity. But it's also it, it's it's used as like like uh, as a decoy. Like you, they're gonna see that that's the business, and they don't see you. So if you do something personal, it's not gonna affect the business essentially. Like depending on how obviously how bad the what you did is, but. With but yeah, if you're, it's personal. Like their their brand is them. Like right, obviously but like they're, they're if, also personalities, so it's it's different from what they actually are in real life. But whatever they do, whether in real life or as a personality, it's it's all focused on them. Even if it's a small thing, even if it's like yeah. the guy didn't tip someone at the restaurant, someone can pick that up and be like, "This guy's a fucking dick. He doesn't tip people," you know? Like, and immediately like people he'll get backlash. Like, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It just depends on how. The internet takes you that day but it's also how you respond to it like if he just go can flames up the, if whoever it is flames up the war and makes it even more it's like there's it i don't know what the right way is but i'm just saying there's many wrong ways of yeah. responding or reacting to a lot of these things and i think more often than not these people will respond in, in a not correct way um when it, when the, when like someone else calls out a, a sponsor, they're like, imagine uh, someone is spouting hate hate speech and a bunch of horrible stuff, but like one of their sponsors is like a, a, a like a like a I don't know like a supporter of one of those things that they're spouting hate speech. I would definitely call in a question their support of that person because it, it would at that point like if that foundation or cause or whatever is like we're trying to get support these are some of the people that we work with they're like wait that person completely contradicts what you're doing that person's like a nazi for example or some other crazy yeah. thing and there's clear evidence of it it's like you i would call that out i don't know i don't see but to like i feel like everything else can like fall into the shady area of like oh yeah i'm gonna go at you by going around you and that and that's just like this online i don't know it just falls into the online drama stuff that i'm like it's weird <laughs> like why why i don't know it seems like a lot of them seem to like get something out like they enjoy some of it to some degree well keemstar is a troll so <laughs> yeah if, okay, if, if, if he's a troll then i feel like you got to be self-aware to some degree of like what you how much conflict you stir up he gets the kicks out of that he also loses the spot. <laughs> I mean, his the name of his of his YouTube is called Drama Alert. You know, like he, well, then, that, that's, you that's what he that's that's what his his thing is like. He you know what HGH3, um depicted is like there there was a time where he was just he was seeing this like really old guy 
streaming and he's like dude this guy's a pedophile this guy's just out to like entertain kids and, and bring them over to their house or whatever and he started falsely accusing that this yeah, guy has ruined just... dude's life yeah oh, exactly shit. like and that like he, that was at this out of nowhere like that he didn't have any truth you know to the to the statements and he just starts saying this for for content and it ruined someone else's life same thing with pokemon pokemon had no intention of doing something to someone he just she did something to but it seems like at some point, like, like it, it could be like a targeted thing. Like, oh, I'm going to target this guy's sponsorship and make him lose it. Do you think that that's a possibility that could happen in the future? Because it hasn't really been done. Like, H3H3 made this video. It wasn't and, intentional. You're saying yeah. it was like someone doing it with malicious intent. 100%. Exactly. I totally think that could happen. I don't. I, f I still feel like it's a very wild, wild west with all this shit. Like, the, the amount, the way that, like, the YouTube sponsors pulled out of so many people like not e not even that many years ago yeah it shows like how out of and like those people had no protection against any of this it's it's like any like it's not in their hands and they're playing by by these higher powers rules same with streamers i think like so many things are just not in your hand like if you play a game and it's your livelihood that game those game makers have no like they don't they're not depend like you they don't owe you anything to like be like well, we're not going to continue supporting this game. Or it's a, like these the influencers and the streamers and all that. It's like on them to like adapt mm -hmm. right now because there's no protection. Yeah. So I, until there is a protection or someone comes up with something, a set of like parameters or barriers or authorities or something, I feel like it's like they're at the the cusp of like all these other bottom of the food chain. With, I think what, what blows my mind is to, to see like how. I mean, we, we feel like this is old, like like Twitch or, or being an influencer, it's, it's a kind of an older concept now, it's been happening or whatever, but in, in reality, like in the in the big picture, like it's still a brand new thing and yeah. we still haven't obviously like put things concrete into like in, into order, like it's like the sponsorship, like no one puts this, I mean, I'm sure their contracts say something, you know, like for the, for the sponsoree or whatever. I think um, the smart ones are like getting the proper people to like hey i'm gonna get myself a lawyer i'm gonna get myself a contract i'm gonna get all these things laid out but a lot of these people i would say like the vast majority are just like hey i just want to get become an up-and-coming star and just put myself out there and you know who knows what'll happen and just think there's a lot of education that doesn't go with i don't I don't understand how like some of the big YouTubers don't have publicists. Like, goddamn! Mm. Like, you have the money. I, I think that's that's a new concept though. Like, that's not something like if I were to become big on YouTube, my first thought wouldn't be like, let's get someone. Yeah, to but help I'm me talking about people that are more established. I'm like PewDiePie. I'm PewDiePie. That's what I'm going to target. You're like, I can't believe he's been doing it for a while. He's been big for a while, and he still doesn't have a publicist. And he he probably still doesn't have a publicist after all these events, which. Yeah, I feel like he has to. I'm gonna look Google it right now. Well, maybe now, but I mean, when those two big things happened to him, or that one big thing, he didn't have one. Yeah. I think it comes. It's just like you get swept up, and it just like you ride this wave of. I know. I know. Big time streamers now have lawyers. I don't think. I don't know about the publicist part, but I know like big time streamers. They have lawyers. They have a team. Uh, they have what? A Jane, team. Cut a team. Oh, okay. I'm looking up like there's there's websites that show how to like book 
PewDiePie. Yeah. But uh, like one of them shows like contacts available, either booking agent, manager, or publicist. Only managers checked off. I guess meaning he only has a manager, I guess. And he probably uses the manager as a publicist as well, maybe. I don't know. To know what yeah. to say and what not to say. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think eventually, like, you know, it, it, there's going to be like a a path that influencers take. Like, when they get to a certain point, like, they have to have, you know, like a publicist. You know, they have to have maybe. a manager. They have to have someone, like, telling them, like, don't do this, please, God, dear God. I mean, yeah. it could, they could and they couldn't, because, like, you look at some things with Hollywood where actors are trying to, like, rise through the ranks, and yeah. some have to get very, like, a lot of them just get very creative with, like, opportunities and this and that, and they they get screwed over by their agent, and stuff happens, and then, you know, they're in eight, like, animated films that they don't want to do or something. I just, I think that they, like... I, I think, think it is. Think it's a weird concept to hire someone to help them. Like I, even Ninja, I don't think Ninja has one either. I think his, it's. Just I thought him. his wife was. Well, his wife is his manager. Yeah. You know, and she can be obviously everything that it needs to be, but that that's just a point of like, I I feel like it's. A, I think their situation is a weird one because they're obviously married. So I like the the idea of of him hiring someone who happens to be his wife isn't the same as hiring a, a random stranger. Sure. Doesn't tell him what to do or not, but with I think with Ninja, he, yeah, he he essentially has his wife and and those two chalk it out like what should I say, what should I not say, and he, you can see his progression over time. Like at, at a at a young age when he was doing Halo and and early, you know, um, streams, like he was cussing people out. He was you know, what'd you say to me, you little shit? And then as time progressed, he was like you know dialing that back. Obviously, there's still some of it there. Yeah. But at this point, like that, that's pretty much gone. Like if he does anything out of that, he knows it's on purpose to make some content, you know, like so that people can clip it and show it off or whatever. Um, you just made me think of something. It, you know how like if you follow an actor, like mm-hmm. like an actor could be. I'm comparing an actor to a let's say a streamer in this case, Ninja. Yeah. So let's say let's let's take someone like Ryan Reynolds. Let's take Ninja. They're both people follow their careers, right? Ryan Reynolds can star in a child's movie. He can star in like a teenage rom-com. He can star in like a rated R film. Yeah. Is do you guys think there is a way that exists right now in which Ninja could stream to different types of audiences of different age groups? There is. He he, he does what's called a late night stream, and that's where it's a mature audience only. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's something that wasn't where I was it's just like you talking about like him being now just to public like I'm like is he forever now a child like streamer to kids and he can never be in, okay so the after dark thing okay. when when daylight is out he is uh an every everybody streamer and when the night's or when the sun's out see how like he definitely like did he like make that very clear when he did yeah he because he, I like, feel like I feel like that's something that people could go out like he could say something during that after dark stream that he'd, someone could be like, well, my kid saw it, and like, Mike, you you have toys in the in the in wherever, like, yeah. d- like what grounds does that parent potentially have of like being like you, like should he be like let's target his sponsors and be like, should you be in the kids section of Target? And I yeah. wonder if he's got like some legal com- like stuff going, set up where he's already like set things up. He's like, listen, I'm going <laughs> to do say this. To <Yeah>. I think the thing is, like, he is, he is, 
uh, threading a fine line because if anything he does in the after dark streams obviously gets clipped and shown at any moment in time he it, it could be like hey this is the guy you guys are you know sponsoring that's, a, like, that's another really thing too people take clips and put them out of context or they don't you know they cut the important parts out yeah, yeah so yeah. like you get put in a very bad spot like like yeah, a, lo- a lot I wonder of, how uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, ninjas like streams now like where it's him yelling if you look at the before context he's he's messing around with his with his teammates and then it gets to the point where he yell just to obviously like create that content but if you cut uh, that point you're like oh fuck this guy's yelling at someone random you know like yeah. he's being really rude again youtube kind compilation exactly yeah so a lot of that I, isn't, isn't i guess him being some rude of, yeah i guess some of it comes with the territory i guess like you put yourself out in the open like people are gonna make deep fakes people are gonna like clip a bunch of stuff together and you just i don't know on a personal level you gotta like learn how to re- react like celebrities probably get a bunch of shit too like in movies and i don't know if you guys saw but like because I, I brought up pokemon but she recently on 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 stream opened up a link that was essentially porn um huh? she has not Money? like publicly hasn't said anything dude like the, it, it, it exists the clip exists or whatever you can, i'm sure you can find it but if you look at her her tw- uh, twitter feed or anything doesn't apologize never even mentions it like it's it's just completely scrubbed it's off of her timeline sometimes sometimes you gotta act like it didn't happen <laughs> like do you remember do you remember, do you remember yeah so, so there was a dildo under her bed and then people were pointing it out what's that un- what's that under your bed She's like, oh, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, guitar? <laughs> and, and then, so that's the inside joke in her streams now. Like, people go, oh, uh, like, ni- nice guitar. Where's the guitar like, play? <laughs> <laughs> Do you still play your guitar? <laughs> See, but the thing is, like, she, I, I mean, what, what she did is in, in, like, not talking about it further. Obviously, like, there's that inside joke because she did say something about it. But with Pokemane, like, right now... If you didn't know about it, you don't know it. You don't know about it. Oh, you know? no, no, she responded to it. Oh, she did. Is it just now or when? No, it was a day ago. It's no. in the replies. Someone used the hyperlink uh. to redirect me to a porn site. Was a prank. Oopsies. I have moderators who usually manage the page the link was on. Someone we trusted must have gone rogue, or the document was leaked. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I, I was. I looked at her whole thing. I didn't realize it was a reply to someone. Six p.m. yesterday. But it replied to someone, though, right? It yeah, I went to Pokemon. I went to tweets and replies, and someone's like, "Wait, what the hell, Pokemon?" And it was the <laughs> clip of what you're talking about. I was like, "Oh shit!" And and then uh, she, she replies to that guy's clip of her with "lol," and then someone else is like, "Please explain the real video, please." And then she uh, gotcha. Uh, Okay. Well, she didn't. She didn't make like a an actual like statement like front line. Maybe, maybe that's there. maybe that was the best way to respond to it. It's like if someone brings it up, I'll respond to it. But otherwise, I'm not making a big statement about it. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. Like like you said, there's different ways to go about different things. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it's there's no predestination. Maybe maybe it's, it's free wait. Will. Are you saying there's free will? <laughs> hey, but what about pre-final <laughs> destination? <laughs> that's only only if it's uh, in Final Fantasy VII because nothing's predetermined. Dude, even that game talks about destiny. Holy fuck! Because <laughs> that's that's okay. So those ghost things are tied to that. They're like the things that are like keeping things going a certain way. 
Yeah, because it seems like they surround someone when uh, you know death is imminent. Well, no, they like they they start expanding their role. They're like, oh, this other thing happens. You're like, wait, that's different. And then they steer it to not happen, and you realize that it's part of that whole destiny stuff. Dang. And, so th those ghosts existing in this game is what's causing the timeline to change. But and then now we got different. <laughs> I'm just saying, in the final, the final boss battle. Do an assess on. There's three three sort of mini bosses. Do an assess on one of them, and that kind of tells you more about this other parallel. Gotcha. Okay. Place. Time. Maybe. Maybe it's Doctor Manhattan. Place. Yeah. Maybe anyway. the take off finish it. <laughs> I'll find a way to bring up Final Fantasy VII next week. <laughs> Another topic. Final Fantasy. I'm making up for all the years I've never played Final Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> with with podcast podcast content. Yep. Guys, where can people find you? They can find me at the Fulio365 on Instagram and the Fulio everywhere else. At the Last Bosses everywhere. You can find me at Kuja Prime. You can find us all at the Weekly DLC. Uh, check out our podcast. This is episode 172. So stay tuned for next week. We'll have another good episode for you. Stay safe and until next time. Will. DLC. Finish it up. <laughs> what? I said will. Yeah, will DLC, and then I uh, and I say, is it? I don't know. No, I say will. You say DLC. He said, my bad. Really? I fucked it up. You want so, to so, so sometimes <laughs> we do it wrong. But until next time, will DLC. You later. <laughs>